this weekend. Here we are. This is the last lesson in our series on rest. And uh, you'll see what's coming up next. Next week, of course, is Mission Sunday. But then after that, we're gonna, Peyton and I are going to start a series on Proverbs. And we're really excited about it as well. But here in this series, we've tried to show you that God wants what is best for us. That in the very beginning, from the very first couple of pages of the Bible, God shows us that it's good to rest, to Shabbat, right? To cease from work. And, and he dwelled with his, his creation there in the garden. And it was like, can you imagine anything better in your life than, than, than being there in the midst of God and resting with him? But they failed Later on, God, He establishes His own nation of Israel. He sets up the laws to that nation. And one of the laws that He gives them is to take a Sabbath. To take, go work six weeks, to rest on the seventh day. A day to dwell with Him once again. And they failed. They repeatedly failed to keep this Sabbath. By the time we get to the New Testament, we see that the people, it's, Sabbath is just like a burden to them. And you can't blame them for that because by this time, the religious leaders, they had taken God's law of the Sabbath and they now had created 39 categories, not 39 laws, categories of laws of what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. And it just was a burden God's law had become a burden to the people. And, and they come at Jesus, you know, here it is, his Sabbath day. And, and his, they complain about some of his friends as they're walking through a field and they're, they're gathering up some grain into their hands to eat. And then Jesus, on that same day, he takes a man's hand that is shriveled up and he, he heals it. And they said, you have violated the Sabbath laws. And Jesus comes back at them. And Jesus said, well, that one that you venerate so much, David, you remember him? You remember when he took the sacred bread of the priest that was only for the priest, and he took it when he was on the run from Saul? He says, God was okay with that. He says, what about the priests themselves? They work on the Sabbath day. Technically, are they not in violation of the Sabbath laws? But he says God permits that. And then Jesus says the problem is they have lost the understanding of mercy. And he quotes from Hosea chapter 6 and verse 6. And what he's showing is that God's law, God's Sabbath included, is to be a day of mercy. And then in Mark's gospel, Jesus says something so fascinating. Folks, this ought to just perk us up. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, Sabbath is a gift from God. It's not a burden that's to make us miserable. And I think in our day and time today, you know, when we start talking about Sabbath, some of you are like, man, this just sounds like way too much. 
You know, it's a burden to us for different reasons. In fact, some of you might like, you know, why, I, you already got all this other stuff. Why, why would I want to do some, all this Jewish stuff, right? Or maybe some of you think, you know, well, you know, if I'm not up working, then I'm not doing good. Therefore, no, I don't know if I can do that. I can't tell someone that invites me to do this or to meet with them. I can't ever tell them no because I'm taking a day of rest. And if you're like that, you're in pretty good company because we as Americans... We stink at this idea of rest. In fact, not only when we rest, we don't do a great job of true rest. You know, we can just mindlessly scroll through social media or, or you know, fall asleep with the TV on or, or play video games. And, and that's the way we think that rest, true rest is going to come to us. And it just fails us every single time. And that's why we say we got to get back to this. And God, cre- and God gave this command to Israel In one of the ten, okay, God says, all right, I'm going to give you ten to start off with. Here's the ten. This is my covenant with you, ten. And one of the ten words or the ten commandments, he says, is to keep the Sabbath day. And if you look at the other ten, you see it's included with stuff like don't murder people. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal from others. In other words, all of this was for our benefit, Sabbath was for our benefit. Right before the Sabbath controversies in the book of Matthew, right before, folks, this is not a coincidence. And it's not listed with it because chapter 12 starts. This is the very end of chapter 11. And this is what Jesus says. He says, come to me, all you who, uh, who labor and are of heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will, say this with me, find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The people had become weary and burdened by the Sabbath. So Jesus clarifies This whole idea of Sabbath, he takes us all the way back to the garden. It's a time, as we talked about last week, to Shabbat, to cease work, but also to Nuach, which is to settle or to dwell with God. That's what a true Sabbath is all about. Jesus did not come, folks, to abolish the Sabbath. What he came to do was to dig it out from all the legalism that it was buried under. So that people could see, once again, the true blessing, the gift, the joy that it was supposed to be. So, we talked about this last week, or we said we're going to talk about this this week. And that is, so what do we do now? If I want to take a Sabbath, it's got to look different than it did 2,000 years ago, and even longer than that, and you would be correct. My mother and I, we talked uh, a little bit about this, and she was talking about, her mother, my grandmother, and, and she was raised in a family. They, they had a Sabbath day every Sunday and said they had to have all their clothes ready and laid out for church the night before. All the food was prepared the night before for the food they were going to eat on their Sabbath. And they, and they went to church, and that was really all the activity, real big activity that they were going to do. And back in those days, 
Some of you may remember, maybe Bob. Back in those days, <laughs> church was a, that was an event, right? It, you didn't just come for a couple hours and you go home. It was like a, it was like a big deal. And my mom even remembers being raised, and, and my, my grandparents, they, Sabbath, they, they practice every Sunday. And they weren't quite as strenuous as, strenuous as maybe my grandparents' parent, uh, parents were. But, um, but they still, you know, you, just, you, just, you didn't do any cleaning. You didn't do any washing. You didn't do that kind of stuff on that day. And, and the thing they did a little bit different was that was the day after church. They would go and visit both sets of my mother's grandparents. And they would visit that day with them. And that's the way the day went. Anybody remember having a Sabbath grew up? Or maybe even some of your family had? Yeah, yeah, Ethel's old enough to remember those, yeah. Um, I know, see, I can't leave Bob. He can't be the only one I leave hanging there. And so, so you know, what about us? What about us? What does that look like today? Well, I'm going to give you some ideas. You've got to figure out for yourself this rhythm. And the first thing I'd say is this, pick a day. You may say, wait a second, I thought... It's kind of built into the word Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday, right? Well, we got to understand that the Jews were given this, and it was set up everything. Their, their whole law, their, their whole nation was set up under this Sabbath law. And, and so they would practice it from sundown. This is the way their days went, from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday. Well, we live in a different culture, right? In fact, even how we mark time is different than the way they did. And so we've got to figure out, you know, what God is saying here. I think it's good for us to read God's law and to understand the intent by which it was given, because it was given as a blessing, but then to say, well, what does that look like today, right? What does that look like today? And so Colossians tells us something interesting. He says, uh, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or regard to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. And he was dealing with false teachers that were encountering the Christians there in Colossae. And it was those who were involved in Gnosticism and mysticism and even this Jewish legalism. And he says, listen, you just can't turn this into a burden. So if for you it's meaningful for you to have a Sabbath from Friday night until Saturday night, then you do it. I don't think Paul is trying to do away with the, the Jewish calendar. I, I think what he's saying is, listen, this, there's a real intent. If for you, it may be like, well, that doesn't work for me. Uh, Sunday is a good time for me. Then do Sunday. Some of you may say, well, I work on the weekdays or, or the weekends. Some of you, may, there may be some in here. Now you're just thinking, you know, as soon as I get out of here, I got to go to work. And so the weekend, that doesn't work for you, right? It's because you've got to Shabbat. You've got to cease from your work. So what, when does that day and what does that day look like to you? Now, so find a day. Here's the second thing. Switch your day-to-day -day routine. Switch up your day-to-day -day routine. All right, think about God oh, there in, in Genesis chapter 2. All right, Genesis 1 and 2. So we've got day 1, day 2, day 3, day 4, day 5, day 6. He's creating, he's making, he's molding, he's doing all of these things. And then the seventh day is completely different than the other six. That's the day he rests, right? And so, so what we're talking about here is that we need a day of rest. God rested. God is still 
in control of the universe and keeping it all together. God is very important, wouldn't you say? He's, he's got a lot of responsibilities, but God rested. Say that with me. God rested. You may say, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand all the stuff I have to do every week. Listen, say it with me. God rested. You may say, well, hold on just a second. You know, I, I just feel guilty when I'm not up and doing something. That's just the way I was raised. You just don't understand. Say it with me. God rested. Some of you are going to say, and, and you may have the best excuse at all, hey, I got little kids in the house. How do you think I'm going to rest? I understand. There's a challenge there. But what are we going to say here? Here we go. God rested. Right? So God built this rhythm into our DNA. And he taught us how to live this life 24-6. Right? How many of you have ever heard the phrase, the devil never takes a day off? Anybody ever know that phrase? Some of you probably know it because it's been quoted to you before. <laughs> Somebody's trying to make you feel guilty. Listen, the devil never takes a day off. Some of you use that to guilt other people, but, but here's the thing. Doesn't the devil lose? Isn't he the one that doesn't win? And at what point, Father, uh, folks, does, is, uh, is Satan our model? I'll take the model from Genesis 2. Where God rested, I'll take the model in which Jesus speaks about all of these things. You see, the last time our society tried to abandon a seven-day work week was during the French Revolution. They decided to up it to a ten-day work week. And, and they wanted to do it because they needed more productivity. The results were disastrous. The economy crashed. Suicide rates skyrocketed. Productivity went down, not up. Studies have shown, they have found that there is zero difference between productivity between workers who work the same job for 70 hours and those who work the same job at 55 hours. The same amount of productivity. That sounds like maybe we're wired a certain way, doesn't it? Now, when I say switch things up from your regular routine, I'm talking about what you've been doing the last six days. Don't, don't open that calendar. You don't need a checklist, right? Um, you know, keep everything low-key. Maybe you want to throw, uh, throw something in the crock pot the night before. Do something simple like sandwiches or order pizza or go out to eat. Just don't start doing a bunch of housework. Now, it's okay to clean up your mess, okay? But I'm talking about that's, don't let that be the day you're going to vacuum and mop the whole house. Don't let that be the day you're going to do your bills. Don't let that be the day you're going to do all your grocery shopping. Put that in the other six days. And I, I realize you can spread it out through there and it may make them a little bit more stressful than what you're used to. But it's totally worth it in order to have a day that you just, you just cease. You just stop. What did God do out in the wilderness? He tells them, he says, listen, I'm going to provide manna, dropping it from the skies. 
Six days, I want you to go out and collect for what you're going to need to eat. On the sixth day, though, he said, I want you to get a double portion. Now remember, God is providing food from the skies. Hello. But he says, on the seventh day, I don't even want you having to do that. I just want you to rest. I want you to have a day of rest. But it's even more than that, and this is very important, and that is engage in spiritual activity. You see, it's more than just, you know, I'm going to go out and, um, you know, just take a, take a day off and just binge watch and all this kind of stuff. It, listen, there, there has to be this activity. Sabbath is, is oriented towards God. Now, that can look different for people. Okay, when it, when it says to dedicate, this is a day that is dedicated to the Lord, that is very abstract. That, is, that doesn't put the meat on the bones. So there's not a checklist that you go by. You got to just figure out what that day might look like for you, but you're dedicating it to the Lord. So some people will say, I like a Sabbath on a Sunday because along with some personal time with God, I love coming in with my church family, and I know there's just going to be this wonderful time of worship and fellowship with people. You know, you just, you find that that's a really good day for you. For some of you, it may not be, but take that time to, to have some personal time in worshiping God, to, to read Scripture, to pray, uh, just have this personal time. It, it's it's, it's a day that you can, you know that when you get up that morning, you can sit longer with your cup of coffee. And you can just meditate on a psalm. I like to do that. You don't have to do that. That's what I like to do. And, it, and you can get lost in it. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. Or, or maybe it's a day that, that you listen to your favorite Christian podcast. But it may not look like that at all. You know, it could be that you're going to go outside and you're going to walk in nature. And you're going to observe the wonderful creation of our God. How great would that be? It, 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 could, be, it could be a day that, uh, and by the way, let me say this. When you get out in nature, there is just this tendency, for me at least, I just want to start praying when I'm out by myself in nature, and I see, and I just, I just want to pray. You also know I love to sing. I love the old hymns. Nothing wrong with the new hymns. In fact, we're going to learn a new one this month. Uh, but, but that's, but I love the old hymns, and and those are the ones I tend to to start singing. I'll be out in nature, and I'll start singing, and you can sing it with me. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the this is my Father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and 
tears. This is my Father's world. I rest in the fall of rocks and trees and skies and seas. His hand the Some of you, you may really like some of these contemporary songs. I know our young adults, they're going to be so excited this morning. There's a song they've been wanting us to learn, and it's a powerful song, and it is powerful to them. Listen, just find that whatever it is and draw close to our God. Here's another thing. Spend time with family and friends. See, it's a, you don't have to get rid of your kids that day. You may want to. <laughs> Definitely going to make it a quieter day. But what did God do? When God rested, he didn't go way off into the universe somewhere by himself. What we learn is that he took man and he nuoked him, dwelled, settled him into the garden. And there, there's where God was with, with his creation. So a good Sabbath might consist of of going with your, your spouse or your family. You go down to the beach, maybe even at sunset or whenever, and you just enjoy your favorite pizza. Or maybe it's, it's, you, it's, it's that feeling that you get when you've, you've had this long, lazy dinner. You know what I'm talking about? This long, lazy dinner with your friends. And you're laughing and you're talking and you just you just in that in that moment you just feel the goodness of God in your life it's it's those kinds of moments looking for God's goodness you see we live in a culture that's always looking for more isn't it that's why Walter Brueggemann said Sabbath is an act of resistance it's a day we say enough Enough with all the advertisements. Enough with all the stuff that it's trying to sell us. And all the, the things that are, you know, that of my desires and my wants. Because most of us, in fact, probably all of us, we all have enough. And it's just a moment that we sit back and we are so grateful for what we have. We probably need to do that more, wouldn't you say? It's not a day that you need to go to the mall. It's not a day that you need to get on Amazon. It's not a day that it would, you go to anything that would make you desire more. It's a day where you feel most connected to God. You feel most connected to your spouse, most connected to your kids, most connected to family, to friends, most connected to your church family maybe. It just, it's a day of this connecting with the blessings that you have in your life. And here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. The night before, when you start getting into this real rhythm, into a Sabbath, and you're doing this, and it's joyful, the night before is going to feel like Christmas Eve. You just can't wait till the next day. You can't wait to get up. There's a, there's a joy that's there. And here's one more I want to mention to you. Deeds of mercy. We don't often think about that with Sabbath. But we know that, that Jesus performed seven miracles on the Sabbath day. Seven, here you go, Glenda. There you go. You won't take that picture. I was a little quick on her. There you go. So there's seven miracles that Jesus performed on the Sabbath day. And, and, and so 
what, what we see here is, is, okay, maybe we can't go and heal people, but man, in my time with God, I can certainly pray for them. That may be a good day for you to pull out our prayer list that we send out, our emails every week, and just pray for our people, pray for people in your family, pray for people you work with, pray for those. You know what? It's a day, if, if you know somebody that's sick, you may say, you know what? I, this is a day I've got some time. I'm going to take them a meal. Or, or maybe you decide uh, there's somebody that they're just down. I'm, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write just a letter of encouragement. Or I may send them some flowers. Whatever it may be. Jesus said, he said, listen, you people, if you've got a sheep, or we're going to say a goat, if, you, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, which we hope our goats don't, he says, it's all right to take it, to lift it out of that pit. He says, he says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. You hear that? So if on your Sabbath day, you know, you're driving and you see somebody that's, that's got a flat tire and you want to pull over and you want to help them, you're actually fulfilling Sabbath. Or, or, or maybe it's something, um, you know, you may want to volunteer some hours every month for things like CareNet or the Buggy Bunch or the Source. Or maybe it's something else where they just do things that are good deeds of mercy for people and, and that doesn't mean that you have to do it every week even it just means you know what I got a day and I can spend a little bit of time and just being merciful just doing good for people whatever it is that you decide to do for the Sabbath just don't let it become rigid don't rob it of its joy in fact, I would suggest to some of you that you may want to start off by taking like two to four hours once a week for this next month. And you're going to say, I'm just going to take a Sabbath for, for that long. And just I would do the same day, same hours every week. And, and then build yourself up from there. You may, after the first time of doing like two or four hours, you're like, okay, I'm ready to bump this thing up. That was great. But... But give yourself grace, okay? Some days are not going to go like you envisioned. Just not. You know why? Because life happens. But don't let that affect your faith. Talk to God about it and get excited about it for next week. Because God intended it for a purpose. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. That's human. That is humans. So sleep in. Drink coffee, read your Bible, pray, spend time with your family, talk, laugh, take a walk in nature, take a nap, sit by the window and just look out. Didn't that sound awful? I know, it's going to be hard. As we conclude this lesson, we gotta, i got to tell you about this Sabbath that's coming. The Hebrew writer says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There remains. It's coming. It's a future thing. 
It's, it's when the Sabbath is no longer once a week where we get a break from the world. The world, all of a sudden, there's something that has changed. And we finally are back into, into Genesis chapter 2. When God rests, he's, all things have been created. This new heavens and new earth will come. And at that moment, God rests and evil is pushed out. And we're not worried about, about going back into that process again. This is about something bigger. The weekly Sabbath pointed to something spiritual, folks. Our rest comes through faith in Christ. This faith that we have in Jesus. In fact, in verse 10, he says, For whoever has entered God's rest, okay, who enters God's rest? It's the one who has rested from his works, as God did from his. What does he mean? We quit our jobs? No, he's talking about, I finally find rest when I am no longer trying to earn or work for my salvation. It's not about my righteousness. It's not about precision obedience. As much as we want to be obedient to God, we're never going to be able to do it. But I have rest because I trust Jesus. And then he goes on in, in chapter 10, and he says, let us draw near. Okay, what is the purpose of Sabbath? We want to draw near to God. So he says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are washed. We are covered with the garment of Christ. In our baptism, I mean, everything about it, this immersion, it just, we are immersed in Jesus. Christ comes into us. Our hearts are made pure by faith. By faith in what? The saving blood of Jesus. Water baptism. It is this visible sign that happens simultaneously while something's happening inside of us. The gospel is just washing over us. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And, and it's this visible sign of this inner spiritual baptism. The Spirit comes in our baptism at salvation. I love this quote. He says, rest is a gift. It is the result of being accepted into the family of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Rest is found in knowing that the one who rules it all is your Father. The kind of rest, this kind of rest will stay with you when circumstances are wonderful and when they are terrible. Because your rest isn't circumstantial. It is personal. And that's why Jesus... There at the end of Matthew chapter 11, he says, all you who are weary and burdened, he says, come. And he's still saying that to us. Stop trying to do it yourself. You, you, you're still weary and burdened? Come. There's a song, and we're going to sing it. You know we're going to sing it. It's based on that whole verse. But let's sing it together. Oh, heart, bow down with sorrow, oh, eyes that long for sight. There's gladness in believing in Jesus. There is.
tired. Our world asks so much of us and constantly distracts us from you. There are those who feel the weight of the world on their shoulders that are in this auditorium right now, I have no doubt. And so we come to you as our place of refuge. And we lay our cares at your feet, believing that you will bring rest to our souls. Help us to walk in that rest and to see the goodness of your Son. And for those who still are not covered in the garment of Jesus, Father, I just pray that their hearts will be stirred in some way. And Father, we lay before you all the goodness, all the wonderful things in our lives that we encounter because you are the creator you are the giver of our salvation and our redemption and it's in the name of your son jesus christ that we say amen <laughs> 